Hi Candace. How are you? I'm Good okay. You. Good to see you. <laughs> so this is the first episode of our podcast, Free Your People. This is following what is important to you on your heart, right? I'm so happy we're doing this together. I just feel so blessed that uh, oh. the stars have aligned and that we're doing this together. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm happy we get to do that together because I have the feeling that we both had like the burning, conflicting desire to to do something like that separately even if we didn't know if it would be a podcast or something else and yeah. i have the feeling that us doing this together allow us to, you know be some kind of mutual support accountability partner and get the courage to put ourselves out there and yeah. use our voice for hopefully the greater good yeah let me tell you straight up. I remember when you, you went back to Cameroon and you were running Jumia and I was seeing you uh, on TV talking. I was like, wow, I want to be like Candace. This girl, she seems so cool. I would look at you and say, no, she's a kind person and she's doing it and she's out there. And then I would listen to how you got there. I'm like, wow, she worked so hard. She's self-made and she's so brave. I was not feeling brave at the time. So I, I just, I was thinking, I hope one day I will have the courage to to bring what I have in my heart to the world just like Candace is doing so to be sitting wow. here with you and doing this is just like I'm so happy really <laughs> full, full circle moment yeah yeah it's incredible because surprisingly I, I try to be as much as transparent as I can about that season in my life but uh, surprisingly my motto is basically feel the fear and do it anyway so I'm not necessarily yeah. a courageous person I have a fearful person who feels like she doesn't have a choice you see mm -hmm. so yeah. there's a lot of pain fear stress anxiety that goes beyond that perceived courage sometimes it just feels like well there are people trying to like got me and I have like a cliff in front of me. I guess I have to jump. It's not that I really want to jump. It's just that, you know, at the time as well, it was quite a challenging time. I didn't necessarily have the level of the tools of or the level of self-awareness to understand what was going on inside of me uh, while I was working so hard, you know, kind of using work as a way of dealing not dealing with my my demons inner demons i hope that more people like we are, we touch up on that on on this episode like having real examples of how work can be a tool to escape our demons mm -hmm. but our demons just like any other addiction with alcohol with women always catch up with us yeah we have to yep it's a good introduction to what we want to talk about today yeah. the topic we chose to start with is workaholism and um, it's a topic dear to us because uh, I think work has or workaholism has driven many years of our lives. I don't think I knew it was workaholism, but um, if you're a workaholic, it shows up like being um, overly anxious for results, chasing results. The result is so important. Overloading yourself with tasks, the, the longest to do list. The impossible and long to-do list that can never be finished. Always thinking about work. <laughs> Feeling anxious when you're not at work. Even um, being upset when people tell you you work too much. Neglecting relationships. Work is more important than making friends. Spending time having a drink with other people. And then even being scared of weekends and holidays. Because <gasps> what am I going to do? I'm not going to be at work. So when I started doing the research for this episode, I was like, wow, wow. It was, it was really painful because I was like, okay. Hey, this is me. This is not fun. Yeah, I don't know um, if that speaks to you as well. I mean, what you just said about 
being anxious when the weekend was coming. Like as many people who work nine to five at the time, every Friday I was, I was like, thank God it's Friday. So what I managed to do is to fill my weekend with speaking engagement, uh, corporate social activities, initiatives, side hustles, just to have a sense that no, 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 my life has a meaning. And that meaning I can achieve it through working myself day in, day out. I have to say that my feeling is that that unhealthy relationship to work and what you said about the never-ending to-do lists i'm still guilty of it you know uh, mm -hmm. which is i mean just hearing that was like oh but i need to have those things it's not that i want them to be there it's things that has to be done anyway that relationship that i developed with work was also rooted in the fact that work became gave me what i never had financial stability recognition even love like mm -hmm. people were showing me love online because of my work mm -hmm. i got the ability to travel go on holidays without having to worry about how i migrate to eat at the end of the month because mm -hmm. i had a job that allowed me to do that mm -hmm. work gave me health freedom, recognition, a sense of self-worth. So you kind of develop that dependency to the core part at what has become the core part of your identity, which is quite fascinating. Yeah, that's But the chance that I have had is that at least when it comes to friends, because I've always been away from my friend in, a, in some shape or form, or I don't know, maybe because also they like me, <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, my friendships has never, have never been in danger because of work. So that was one anchor that yeah, I got really that entire journey. I don't know how it was for you. Like what did work represent? Wow. Um, I think from childhood, I was scared of failing. <laughs> Fear of <laughs> failure was like something really big. I didn't feel that I was worth anything. And then, I mean, like when I failed at school, I was beaten and stuff. So I didn't want to fail and get in trouble. Instead, really a deep fear in me. And then with time, it was not even that no one was pushing me anymore. I was pushing myself because there was so much chaos in my life that the only thing I had control over was school. I was pushing myself. Even when I was 12, 13, I would eat cola nut, dip wow. my, my feet in cold water to be able to stay up at night to, to study. Run around the house in the night because I was so tired, just because I wanted to do well in my exams. And then I was suffering so much inside, but no one noticed because I had good grades, you know, everything that people praise, right? But no one noticed that. Why is she so quiet? Why is she never saying anything? So I took that. So I was obsessed with work, with control, perfectionistic, you know? So like if I thought I failed a test, I would cry all weekend. And most of the time I didn't fail the test. So I kept pushing myself like that all through university until the last year of university where like it all came uh, crashing down. I had like a nervous breakdown. I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't force myself to study uh, days and days on end without leaving my room, without going to get food, nothing. I just couldn't. I just like, I just sat there and cried and cried and cried. And then um, when I started my career, the same thing. It was just uh, after I graduated in 2009. So it was after the, the economic crisis. So I didn't crisis. get a job I liked. And then I found a job that I felt ashamed of. I felt like mm -hmm. all my classmates were moving forward. They were thriving and I was in this job I hate but then I needed the money to survive so I was like okay I have to hang in there so I was I was really really suffering and ashamed so I decided mm -hmm. to go see a medical doctor and I asked her like doctor everyone is moving forward they're, all my classmates are successful mm -hmm. they are this they are doing this but me, I have a job. I'm so ashamed of it. Uh, I feel like a failure. And then she told me, but Mademoiselle, you are not your job. There's what you do and who you are. 
it's so simple but i almost fell off my chair one sentence because it's something i did not even know that there is something you do and then there's who you are you are but you know what crazy this reminds me something you know how everybody tells you that oh you need to love yourself self-love you need to love yourself self-love and what now people recognize is that self-love is not the default thing that happens in your body when you, you come to life. It's mm -hmm. something people teach you how to love yourself. Yeah. And I think yeah. that at the same time, people teach you how to take care of yourself. Like even if you were taught in a healthy way to work hard, yeah. in any way you were not taught to take care of yourself. Nobody told you that rest, honey, that's important. Oh, go mm -hmm. outside, honey, that's important. Go see your mm -hmm. friends. Let's go and take a yeah. stroll. So it wasn't yeah. ingrained in you. That's why you were driven to work days without getting out of your room. And you thought it was normal. Whereas today, because we are grown up, we are more educated and we were exposed to different ways of doing and living. You can realize looking backward, like, how didn't I realize that that was self-destructive? Uh, um, actually, I knew there was a problem. I knew that w uh, uh, school work allowed me to repress all my feelings. Mm -hmm. All the things that were happening, you press it down and then you just work and then you don't, you numb your feelings, right? Mm -hmm. You don't think about what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. So I knew that school was that for me, but I have to also say that I was in survival mode. Yeah. You know, you don't have money to eat. You don't know there's no backup for you. There's nothing. Yeah. So you know that you have to succeed your exams. You have to get that diploma to try to get a job. Yeah. And as you said, have some security in your life mm -hmm. uh, at last, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So on that track, yeah, you lose yourself kind of because there's no one to mirror that for you, like mirror that you're important even if you don't succeed. This is something I did not know. You don't have to burn out to succeed. Yeah. Yep. You're still a good person if you fail. Mm -hmm. You're still a good person if you're fired. These are things I did not know. <laughs> I don't know for you, my dear Candace. It's absolute. <laughs> it's absolutely true. It also comes back to goes back to childhood, right? Like yeah. you are loved, and people are happy that you are here just because you are here, not because you yeah. are performing, not because yeah. you are having grades, not because you are being like just the mere fact that you are makes it okay. You matter because you are. Just like you, yeah. I was raised, the, 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 as far as I could remember, at least since the age of six, the only times that I got celebrated value or felt seen uh, was through my work at school. Uh, that's how people mm -hmm. connected with me. That's what people pay attention to. Nobody was worrying if I was happy or in a good mood or what was going on. It, but when I got a good grade or I got an exam one year earlier than it was expected. Everybody from extended family, close family, etc., was talking to me, celebrating me, etc., etc. And I, I defined myself, like in French, they say, uh, l'enfant de l'école. So that's how I have defined myself, like a kid, yeah. school kid, yeah. kid yeah. from the books. Like, and he has, yeah. it has helped in many ways in the sense that even when I went to university, I studied the university in Cameroon to begin with. Whatever happened in life, that was my, 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 how do you call it? My compass. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, I'm a school kid. Like I can have this distraction. Yeah. I can have this boyfriend. Yeah. I can have this side job, this da 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 da. But, oh, okay, let's go yeah. back to being who we are. Uh, yeah. So in a way, I'm grateful for that. But I wish 
I was instilled something else. I, I, and what you said about working super hard is also part of our culture as African and vicious black people and immigrants as well. Mm -hmm. which is you need to work twice as hard to get at least half of what the other have. You need to work twice as hard, twice as hard. So when you leave your home country and you come abroad, there is no incentive yeah. to not even slow down, to, to work smart, to learn how to... Yeah, yeah to work like, smart, yeah. Okay, as a person who grew up in Africa, I have this unhealthy relationship to hard work and pain, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need, they say uh, in Pijin, like you need to tolerate pain. Yeah, Ready? yeah. <laughs> you need to suffer to be beautiful. Well, you need to yeah. marriage is suffering, suffering, but you need to tolerate yeah. it. Uh, you need yeah. to work hard. So you come with this mentality here in the world where yeah. many people around you yeah. have been taught <laughs> otherwise. You know, yep. they have been yeah. taught that yeah. you can go on vacation. You matter, honey, who matter, yeah. who matter what you do, etc. And yeah. I yeah. really advocate through my work against this working hard mentality because I've, I've experienced it to my core and I've crashed yeah. and burned. And uh, I, yeah. surprisingly, some of my most outstanding perceived external successes, I didn't intentionally work hard for them. I was my best self. I managed to be as authentic as I could, show up positively in everything I did, uh, be intentional about my personal brand, nevertheless, you know, like not trying to make mm -hmm. the rain fall on my cross, but at least planting the seeds, maintaining my field, and hopefully something will come. Like the most impressive things that I have achieved, I cannot tell someone that, except going, to going back to business school, I cannot mm -hmm. tell someone that I sat down months and years and, and made this happen by sweat, you know, and I yeah. really want people to get into that space, especially women, like men yeah. are probably yeah. driven by testosterone the, anyway, so I guess that's yeah. where this is, uh, this is, <laughs> this is a really important point you're raising because when we want to control so much, mm -hmm. what is meant for us doesn't even come to us, right? Because maybe yeah. uh, you have other opportunities coming for you, but you're so much in control that your energy doesn't allow for what is yours to come to you. Very because true. you're con We have this culture of hard work where uh, it's celebrated when a dad stays in the office till 11 p.m. instead of going home to to have dinner with their kid, where, um, yeah, if you have good grades, you're the best. And I mean, it's good, but we have to put things in their context. Mm -hmm. When you're in the office until 11 o'clock and you don't take care or you, you don't spend time with your kids, what you're showing them is that they don't matter to you. That's how they internalize it. They don't matter. Work matters more than them. Mm -hmm. So for them, they think that love is conditional, yes. you know? We don't, we don't even know the things that we do that how the kids around us in our lives, mm -hmm. I, I speak like from our Cameroon context, mm -hmm. how kids internalize it, right? Mm -hmm. And so they know from a young age that they don't matter or, or they feel that they don't really matter that much. Mm -hmm. And it's already a slide that they carry. Take that and then, I don't know, uh, other things happen in life, high school, adolescence. You know, you accumulate all of that. Mm -hmm. You get into adulthood with something to prove. Because actually, that self-love that was supposed to be instilled in you, mirrored by the adults around you, you don't have it. Do so you have like you have an emptiness, and uh, for a workaholic, they use work to to feel that. They use work. It's all about the external validation, and in our context, it's so important. Uh, I, I am a director. I am I am this. I am that. But the thing is, 
you don't feel a director inside. You're running and running, just going from one challenge to the other. I remember like at university, I was like, I would finish an exam at 12 uh, for my bachelor's degree. And at 2 p.m., I was starting my, uh, my, uh, summer, my summer job. And Aww. mind you, the night before, I didn't sleep and I drank Red Bull all night. The morning, I went to take an exam till 12 o'clock. And then I, I eat something and then I walk and I start a job. And then I work like that all summer. Uh, October, I, I go to grad school to do my master's degree. Of course, I would come there completely tired and then I would crash and burn, you know? Yeah. And you don't even this... show up fully, like fully, no. because you are no. so exhausted and disturbed. Yeah, by... and chasing and thinking already, oh, I want to go. Okay, so I'm in London now. I want to go do an internship in New York afterwards. Always trying to control out the outcome of things, mm -hmm. not let things come organically. And, mm -hmm. and it all comes from stress from um, childhood, you know, like childhood mm -hmm. trauma. You want security and you feel like you have to give yourself that security. And of course, as you said, school was the way I was validated. For example, in secondary school in Cameroon, they used to classify people first, the best student in class, first in class is, you know, they would say the name. So of I wanted to be first or second or third in a class of 100 students, you know. Yeah. It feels really validating when at home you live with an, with an alcoholic, you know. Mm. In school you are a different person because your classmates respect you. Mm -hmm. People know you're smart and stuff. So it becomes the way you show up to the world. Yeah. But it's an unhealthy way. What you said about uh, external validation uh, reminded me um, a quote from a book that a friend offered me like last year. It's a, it's not really a book, like it's a, it's a very small kind of, and what the, the author said at some point is when people have high needs for achievements and uh, have an extra half hour or an extra ounce of energy, they will unconsciously allocate it to activities that yield the most tangible accomplishment. And our careers provide the most concrete evidence that we are moving forwards. You ship a product, you finish a design, you complete a presentation, you close a sale, you teach a class, you publish a paper, get paid, get promoted. In contrast, investing time and energy in your relationship with your spouse and children typically doesn't offer the same immediate sense of achievement. A few lines later, he said, people who are driven to excel have this unconscious propensity to underinvest in their families and overinvest in their careers, even though intimate and loving relationship with their families are the most powerful enduring source of happiness which yes. i find very enlightening because i don't know if it was the case for you but in many i would say traditional nuclear family when you have a dad a mother and the children the dad will always be out there working sometimes not at work but well let's not discuss that today but yeah <laughs> doing his things because he's busy uh -huh. and he needs to get to bring bread back to home. Even if the mom is working, she's more connected to whatever the kids are doing. She's checking. She's a little bit of a disciplinary, the day-to-day -day disciplinarian, etc., etc. And what would happen in many African families is that growing up, children are to the mom. The dad used to probably sign the checks, but closer to the mom, if they move abroad, sometimes they invite their mom to live with them or pay vacation to their mom, etc. And 
sometimes the dad is a bit frustrated, like, oh, wow, we were two parents and I paid for this school, but it's all about your mom. And what I really like to tell to my African fellows who are more all about me when we need to be at home and I need to be out there doing my thing because that's how I get validated is that that is a very short-term way of seeing things. And at the end of the day, it's how you show up also in your relationship, in your children's yeah. life, that yeah. impact the development of the African continent. By doing this, you are just maintaining a cycle of dysfunction and emotional emptiness in your children's life that will manifest in another kind of dysfunction that will always keep us behind of yeah. our true potential. And that's my, um, truly my feeling about that. Yeah, because we, we always talk about developing our country, Cameroon or developing Africa. And there's something very um, important with neglect. It's our mental awareness, our mental health, how we nurture our kids, nurture you know mm. nurture is key those who are nurtured they succeed in life those who are nurtured they achieve their full potential yeah. but the education system is that you beat a kid to teach them something actually beating that kid it has consequences on their life oh, down the road it's childhood trauma it's abuse people carry that in them if they don't know unconsciously to the end of their life it pushes you to take decisions that are counterproductive self-sabotaging mm -hmm. and you don't even know if you don't like really uncover um it's like the work thing when you're a workaholic it's because you're running away from something from a fear from feelings you don't want to feel from childhood emptiness uh, you want to know emptiness you're running away from emptiness so you are trying to feel it with promotions external stuff but it's never enough because they, it's because you don't feel worthy. You don't feel you deserve your place on this earth. You feel that to deserve your place, you have to be useful to someone. You have to be a director here. You have to be this. So it's because it comes from not being shown love or thinking that love is conditional, you know, as yeah. a child. And so you carry that with you and then it shows up and actually it can destroy your life because then you, you don't build the relationships. The example you gave with the dad. Mm -hmm. When the dad is away and the mom is building that relationship with the kids, mm -hmm. when the kids grow up and they, they don't listen to the dad, they will say the kids are bad, right? Mm -hmm. It's just because that trust and love has not been built. Oh. You cannot delegate that. Mm -hmm. You cannot delegate that to, to a maid. You cannot so delegate that to someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's every day. It's helping them put on their shoe, mm -hmm. teaching them ABC, showing them that leaf there, what it's called. That's, that's how you build that. And that you cannot say work is too important. It's because you're using work to fill your own emptiness. And actually you're already transmitting the emptiness to the next generation by not seeing what is happening and what you're chasing. The question is always, what are we chasing and what is pushing us to chase that? And also, what are we running away from? Yeah. And it, it, having this conversation makes me realize how much everything is connected in the sense that on the flip side of a workaholic who spends way too much time at work or outside of his home or in his email, sometimes is someone who is also trying to run away from their marriage or their family. That doesn't seem to be a great fit at the end of the day, or family that doesn't mm. family that doesn't seem to be a great fit at the end of the day. But when you have this culture of doing things for external approval, the approval of the tribe, the approval of your, your fellas and mm. village people or whatnot, you make decisions that are not necessarily authentic to yourself. And yeah. then all of a sudden, when you are confronted with the reality of what your life is, the life that you design based on other people's expectations, yeah, now exactly. you need to have 
get away drugs, like work, yeah. like womanizing, like all yeah. those things that at the end of the day are at best detrimental to your yeah. relationship, if not your health, money, and your overall happiness. I have a question because at the end of the day, people who come back to, yeah, coming from where we are coming from as black people, mm -hmm. as immigrant, as African, we need the money. We need mm -hmm. success. We need recognition. We cannot afford to slack, things like that. Mm -hmm. How do we, to your point of view, develop a healthier relationship to work so that we can still thrive in a healthy mm -hmm. way without yeah. sacrificing what matters? There's a difference between work, workaholism, ambition, and all that, and hustle. Mm -hmm. So um, we need to have a healthy relationship to work. We need to work, especially us immigrants, uh, a bit self-made because we had to mm -hmm. fight our way through it without any support. We really need to work. But the thing is, we don't need to become workaholics. We don't need to crash and burn to succeed. Mm -hmm. We don't need to sacrifice ourselves in order to get what we, 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 we want to get. Because the culture praises workaholism, the general culture, you know, someone who stays in the office till 12 o'clock, they will say, wow, he's really uh, working hard. Or Tim Cook will come and say uh, he earns uh, billions because he sleeps only a few hours uh, a night. Let's not fool ourselves. There's no reason that justifies that he earns billions at the end of the day. It's not because he's a superhuman. Let's not be fooled. Yeah. So it comes, it seeps down to people like us, like you have to sleep uh, three hours a night, wake up at five o'clock, do a full presentation before on your side business before going to your nine to five and then afterwards mm -hmm. uh, you know i think that's a, a road to disaster actually because we have to uh, take care of ourselves it's a short-term strategy if you treat yourself like that you're not going to live long or live uh, healthy you know mm -hmm. you have to sleep enough take breaks work smart yeah really try to find your purpose because the problem with workaholism is that since we cannot uh, stand uncertainty, we don't let breaks into our lives. We don't allow ourselves to take, to have times where nothing is happening, mm -hmm. you know? Like you and me now, we are in a career transition. Uh, this is something <laughs> 10 years ago, I don't think I could even have imagined. I think I would have, I don't know, collapsed thinking that, wait, what? <laughs> What's you know? wrong with her? <laughs> Yeah, what's wrong with her, you know? I would have been, oh my God, what would people think of me? Uh, they, would, they would think I'm such a lazy person. That's also something of workaholism, with work dysmorphia, mm. right? That you, a workaholic works so hard and at the end of the day, they say, ah, oh, I didn't do anything today. Yeah. I, I didn't, you know, I because they cannot enough. see, yeah, I didn't do enough and it's every single day. So you have to set boundaries especially in times of COVID-19. Now, uh, home has become the office, home and school. So imagine if you don't set the right boundaries, you're going to burn out. So it has to be that you have to set a time when work finishes. And yeah. when work finishes, you go and spend time or with your friends or with your family and try to be present, right? Because <laughs> the problem with workaholism is that sometimes you're spending time with the family, you're watching a movie, but you're not there. You're in your brain composing emails, uh, uh, you know, best regards, and you've written the whole email, you know. As <laughs> for my last email. <laughs> As for my last email, you've structured everything, all the paragraphs in your brain, and 30 minutes of the movie has passed, and then if they ask you what happened in the movie, you have no idea. And they call that, the specialists, they call it a brownout. It's mm -hmm. like the alcoholic blackout, right? You don't remember anything. 
the brown hat is the person is sitting next to you and the person is not there. not there we have to think of it life is here and now for example look at covid we don't know what will happen tomorrow life is here and now not in the past not in the future so we have to intentionally like intentionally work but intentionally take care of ourselves and intentionally have fun it reminds me this thing that they tell you in the if there is a, an issue you need to put the mask on your first, on yourself first before putting on any other person that depends on you and i have the feeling mm -hmm. that uh what we have with work is that it's work first and once mm -hmm. work is finished which never happens work never finished we will take care of ourselves and i think the real challenge because i have been learning this year to do that more and i'm still learning is to reverse it like how can i feed and nurture myself what i need and that is fundamental to myself my health my spirituality yeah. if i have one my relationships i need to nurture those i need to nurture my body my soul my heart and once i'm full enough i can go out there and chase whatever and work for the man and you know all, do all those things in an optimal way yeah. but what is beautiful is that because you do that consistently if you are fired you still have something to hold on to you yeah. are kind of healthy enough you still yeah. have a sense of self and who you are you still yeah. have a network of people a community a tribe that cares about you and that will reflect to you that we got you everything is going to be okay you are still valuable yeah. to us when you don't have when you don't invest in that that's also why it's funny how things are connected mm -hmm. i connect this also to dating as a mm -hmm. woman with a career or with ambition one thing mm -hmm. that that i have heard a lot from so called alpha males people with good mm -hmm. title good jobs good degrees sometimes several of them was oh with that career that traveling you are all over the place you are intimidating you are uncontrollable mm -hmm. and i've always wondered like hmm, how come that you are this you know tall possibly tall smart i come so called smart accomplished person I mean, to, to some degrees more accomplished than myself for example i don't have a phd and i've met people who have two phd telling me things like that mm -hmm. and I, i was wondering why is that you are intimidated and feel that I am not a reliable dating prospect or spousal marital prospect. Thinking about that made me realize that if your identity relies solely on your professional accomplishment, yes. if you meet someone that is somewhat as accomplished as you are, when yeah. they were meant to be inferior because they are a woman or they're younger or mm -hmm. something, it feels that that person is removing something from you. They are rubbing yeah. your identity because, oh, being yes. smart and accomplished is my thing. Now you are that too. I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. It's like those women who base everything, all their identity on their beauty mm -hmm. and feel threatened when they see another beautiful woman. Yeah, I think it's another argument against putting work that high on the balance because yeah. it's just not going to work but but you know you're what? right i'm kind of happy that things are slowly changing mm -hmm. not necessarily in i'm not seeing those changing in the cameroonian community yet but mm -hmm. people that inspire us or that we look up to like entertainers ballers sports those celebrities black celebrities most most importantly Mm -hmm. are talking more and more about that like i remember the late kobe bryant say collaborated with ariana ariana huffington in their 
Thrive uh, initiative connected to mental health and self-care. And he said some, he shared that at some point he realized that his performances were declining. He spoke to his coach, Phil Jackson, I believe at the time. And Phil Jackson told him that, oh yeah, that's because you're not sleeping enough. That's why your performance are not good. And his answer was like, no, but I'm not sleeping enough because I'm partying. I'm sleeping enough. I'm not sleeping enough because I'm working. And he was like, this is not the way to go. And following those, those conversations, he got more into sleeping more and meditating. His message through that, that video was, Try to meditate, even if it's five minutes a day, and rest because that's where your power is coming from. And it connects back to what I was saying that you need to feed your, nurture yourself first before mm-hmm. trying to go out there and and chase those things. And I hope that with time, with Kobe Bryant, even PDD Puff Edition comes, whatever his name is, his name is, has collaborated with Audible to do some yeah. kind of sleeping sleeping meditation, which is crazy because yeah, which is really mind, crazy. And that meditation is so good. <laughs> It's a good thought. Sometimes you say things like, and you are like, like yeah, you know, like yeah. You, remember you, it's not like a proper meditation. And sometimes you say things that reminds you that oh, this is PTD and it's, yeah, no, it's, not, it's kind of it, it's kind of good and it, it's nice knowing that those guys were all about like working yeah. one stop, uh, getting yeah, yeah, right, all yeah. those things, and then you have all these kids from the hood who look up to them and be like, yeah, hustle hard until I die. Yeah. And I hope that the shift is gonna go yeah, as far as go, our yeah. see, and more and more people, men and women, will stop and be like, "Yeah, what's happiness. happening here?" Right? Yeah, maybe happiness, yeah. true happiness, is a true success, and I probably need to find a way to detach myself from yeah. thirst for external approval and validation in my life. Yeah, it's very, very strong in our communities where speaking from like what I learned growing up, like I'm not my own person. I'm only a person related. Uh, I'm my mother's uh, daughter. I'm my father's uh, daughter. I'm my, I come from this village, you know. I'm only a person related to the community. So I'm not a standalone person, you know. It has its benefits for support and everything. But what we need to realize that if we want young Africans to go out and find the solutions that we build Africa, mm. we have to build them to be their own people so that they reach full potential. It's only when you are at your full potential that you can help others. You can don't come running on empty and then you want to you want to help africa no if you have all those childhood wounds all the, the childhood trauma in you that you've not resolved you're not going to help anybody you're going to spend your life trying to survive those wounds that's the yeah. that's the deal so now it's about knowing what to do to uh, mitigate wounds and if we have the wounds to deal with them so that people can free themselves from all this hurt that make us chase external validation and you can even see it in politicians in where people are always chasing crazy things just because other people will think this because it's all about as you said with the person with the two PhDs who's, who sees you you're successful too it's like you're taking something from them because the validation comes from comparing themselves to you and to other people it's always about other people comparison, the, the social and everything, and not from inside. They call it the external locus of control. Mm-hmm. So how you feel inside depends on many factors outside of you. Instead of feeling inside yourself that you're worthy no matter what. So the question becomes, who are you without those two PhDs? Who would you be without your job? Who are you without your job? You without your job. Your job. If they take People away need your to job. Ask huh? that question. Yeah. Who are you are without you your, job? your job? And if that scares you, you need to work at that. You yeah. Face yeah. that emptiness and yeah. fill that cup. That's the 
that's the the real question because when when you will tackle that question that's when you will get to your real self your true self because the thing with workaholism based on this uh unworthiness right it's also low self-esteem yeah. so you choose a career not based on what you like or what you can do Mm -hmm. You choose. It's all fear-based decisions too. So you choose something because it looks good. It looks good from on the outside, but maybe that's not what you really want to do. And actually, you will never be at your full potential. So when you align with your own self and choose something that you want to do, you'll be successful in it. You will not need to uh, sleep two hours a night to be successful mm -hmm. because you'll be working smart and not working hard. You will not need to have burn to out. Define to what successful means to you. Right? Yeah. And be brave and stand in that. Um, There's this person in uh, Cameroonian who lives in Montreal. Now he's a life coach. He said he did all types of studies, engineering. He didn't feel fulfilled. He tried like different fields, business school. He didn't feel fulfilled. And uh, the day he stopped trying to do something that looked great and listened to himself, he became a life coach. He said he feels thrilled. He's happy. This is what he wants to do. And this is what makes him happy. But everybody around him said, but what are you doing? Yeah. Wait, do you have this degree? Why? 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 But the thing is, he's listening to himself and bringing to the world what his real gift is, right? Mm. As I think we are coming a little bit closer to the end. I have two questions for you, uh, Marianne. The first one is, who have you become outside of your work? It's a work in progress for both of us. Who is Miriam without her work or the idea Miriam? Mm -hmm. And the other question would be if you had like top three, top five kind of tips, advice, tools for people to work on getting closer to their real identity outside of work. Big questions. Um, so who is Miriam outside of her work? Hmm. It took a long time to detangle. It took actually lots of uh, burnouts, depression, feelings of worthlessness to find Miriam outside of work that work doesn't matter so much. Because at the end of the day, if I don't have, like for example, yesterday, I received news that uh, I was fired from my current job. <laughs> you know, it was painful. And you know, I tried to do the workaholic thing. I tried to feel my day and get busy, busy, busy. At the end, I was like, no, just lie down. This is a painful news. Don't try to pretend as if it's not painful. And then today I already feel better, but I'm not destroyed. Do you see what I mean? In the past, this would have destroyed me because um, already there's community around me. I have friends who, who see my value not only linked to work. I have my family. I have kids. I have three kids. So, you know, I have my kids. Now my identity is not so linked to work anymore. And what I want to do is work the way I want to work. That is, make work work for me. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Not force myself to do um, work I don't like. So like organize work to work mm -hmm. for me and my family life and all the obligations that I have in my life. And not neglect my obligations to, to chase work. So one has to be brave <laughs> because uh, it's kind of on, like putting yourself out there. Maybe not getting an income for a while, but you know, this is something we always have on our minds as workaholics. So you work in a field that doesn't fulfill you, but because, no, I have to work, I need the money. But now I want to work in a field that fulfills me. And you also celebrate it because from yeah. the outside, you, yeah, you have an amazing career. What do you, like, people yeah. think it's amazing. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I'm sure you get that too. People who reach out to link on LinkedIn to say, oh, 
your profile is so wonderful i just have to add you and uh, you're like or people say oh how did you get here do you want to have a, a chat with me to tell me how uh, and then i'm like oh no <laughs> i don't want to chat about this please <laughs> oh? <laughs> such a conflicting feeling when people reach out to you and be like oh my god how did you get there how did it let's talk about how to get there and it's yeah and you don't want to tell them yeah you want to be truthful without sharing too much as well you know and mm -hmm. saying that yeah. and you don't want to put people in the trap like oh yes step it this way because it's so amazing mm -hmm. when you know that it might work or it might not work for you right yeah, and, yeah. but the most conflicting things happen when outside of my work people reach out to for speaking engagement for projects that are related to things that i do officially that i'm curious about i am not passionate about them and people want to do interviews based on title, like, oh, Candace, uh, can you do a speaking engagement with us about uh, the digital economy in the thriving, developing SDG of da-da-da-da, which are very important topics that matter to me. I don't want to spend my day speaking about that. I want to speak yeah. about things that are core, and that are connected to the core, that are fruitful to myself. Otherwise, I keep having this facade yeah. career, which mm -hmm. is my career, but that yeah. is also a denial of deeper things that I have inside and that I want to talk about and do because we are complex human beings. It's mm -hmm. also related to the fact that we are aging, aging and we are more self-aware. Uh, yeah, that's true. And yeah. we are less and less inclined to continuously to be pushed be around. Huh? Voila. Yeah. Yeah. That and you're like, mm, we have done that for so many decades. Yeah. Do we want to still do this? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. seem right. Let's... Yeah more true to, to ourselves yeah and maybe uh help maybe other people um gain this consciousness we're gaining now maybe even sooner right Absolutely. in one of my past jobs um i think they, it, they, they created a, a competition uh, and then they asked young women to submit a text i think their question was uh, when in what a situation in which they had to be brief and um a few young women um submitted something about uh, sexual assault. You know, these are young uh, women from Africa and stuff. I was so heartbroken. I'm like, from the outside, these women, they are bright, they are intelligent, they are fighting and all. But look at these demons they are carrying inside. This thing is going to follow them all their life if we don't tackle them. We cannot uh, take, oh, she went to university, she has a PhD, and we don't look at yes. these important things. Because yes. this will hold you back in your life. It will not let you achieve who you are. You will not take decisions based on your true self. It haunts you in yeah. every aspect of yeah, your life. In, in every aspect of your life, you know. I'm sure you, you, you had that too. How in many cases you have a toxic boss. How your energy always goes to have a boss that is not right for you. Who is uh, power tripping something, something, you know. Because some people, they also bring their own demons to work, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you also have that energy, you can rightfully go and click with those people because you're not in your own true energy. And it's all fear-based. Yeah. I know I took my jobs. Like, oh, I always got went into interviews. Like, oh, they will not take me. But, you know, with fear. It's not, I'm not in my power. I'm not in myself. You know, I'm out of, I'm out of myself, scared all over the place except being who I am. I'm bringing that to mm. the world. So to your question, uh, the three tips I would say is 
gain consciousness. We put tips on our website. You can take the, the, the test to see if you're a workaholic. There's a CNN test. We put that. You can gain consciousness of the problem because it's so important. There's nothing without consciousness. If you don't know what's going on, you cannot tackle it. So trying to understand where your need to compulsively work comes from. What is pushing you? What, what are you running away from, as you were saying? Or what feelings don't you want to feel? So the, the first step. And then uh, the second step is like really like true meditation or, and the first step, gaining consciousness, uh, the things behind you can do therapy or journaling or, you know, whatever uh, you want to do. And then meditation. I know that for some people it's difficult to start meditation, uh, but it helps you, um, ground you to be in the present moment. Because mm. <laughs> life is only here and now, <laughs> you know. It's not yesterday, it's not tomorrow, you know. It's, it's right now, this is what we have. So the meditation practice will help you be more present in your life, you know. Yeah, I mean like connecting to something greater than yourself. If you have a spiritual practice, um, making this connection to... Uh, something greater than yourself it also helps yeah a gratitude practice you know being grateful for what you have because workaholics they tend to it's like destination addiction so you, it's all about the result that promotion but it's not the process it's not enjoying it it's like i don't know i want to look super skinny but i'm only obsessed with when i'm skinny i'm not obsessed with what i need to eat what i need to do you know that part i don't i just want to go quickly no, life is mm -hmm. about the process, actually. Life mm -hmm. is in the process. It's not in the result. Yeah. Life yeah. is in the Trust process. Trusting the process. Trusting the, the yeah. Enjoying the journey, you know. I, I used to always hear this. It's only recently that I understood <laughs> what it meant. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know for you, yeah. but it's really only recently that, uh, yeah. Like, stay present, uh, trust the process, etc. To me, it was like white people nonsense. Yeah. That's how I perceive it. Yeah. Like, oh, you people don't have money issues anymore, so you're up there. Yeah, yeah. Which might be the case, in, mm -hmm. in, a, in a sense, in a way, like when you're not at the core of your survival, survival years anymore. But that's why it's our duty to come back and share this message. Yeah. People before us didn't necessarily, people who look like us didn't necessarily share that. Mm -hmm. They shared the work hard, work hard, work hard message. And yeah. now it's our turn to take it to another level. Yeah. And um, one thing that really helped me, it's funny how they say life rejection is God redirection, right? Mm -hmm. At some point a few years ago, I think it was seven years ago, seven, eight years ago, I was told that I would be let go from my job. Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, I wasn't let go, but at the time I thought that, oh, in a couple of months or, or a month from now, I will be let go. And it was scary because I wasn't ready for that. There were so many things that would be impacted. But I also knew that I was trained. I have been working with a toxic manager. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as a consultant, you will work with different types of managers depending on the mission you are, and that mission was draining yeah. And learning that I would be let go because things didn't work well with that manager made me kind of desperate. But at the same time, I was feeling like I don't have the courage to work for someone anymore. I won't have the courage to do that. So I might as well find a survival job like work at retail or fast food or something like that and do what I want to do. So I heard a voice ask me a question, but what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, scary Ooh. question. Oh my god, big fear. <laughs> and I spent months working on that. You know, that's why I have now this ability to help people figure out what they really want to do. Yeah. And one of the first questions 
ask was if money and status wasn't a problem, what would I spend my days doing? Wow. And if you manage to answer that question, you can already identify some sort of destination mm-hmm. that now work to build the building blocks. I also have, and I will share it in the link show notes uh, on our website. Uh, I have this tool that I call Career Clarity that allows people to take a deeper look at their career, different look mm-hmm. from what you really love doing, mm-hmm. what you were praised for, mm-hmm. so that you can find how your ideal kind of work and purpose will feel to you. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to quit while at the moment you realize that at least you have a different destination yeah. toward to and do the work, mm-hmm. self-awareness work take MBTI tests, mm-hmm. uh, do my clarity, career clarity thing, mm-hmm. hire a coach, help you get there. Yeah. But they say that our life is a reflection of our priorities mm-hmm. and our priorities are identified by how we invest our time yeah. and our money. Yeah. So my guess is if people really care about being truly happy, being truly fulfilled, especially in this COVID yeah. area, you will put your time, your money, your mind mm-hmm. where your fulfillment be and, yeah. and maybe try to explore this alternative way of considering work. Yeah, especially for us Black people in the world, we are very, very triggered and traumatized right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, being immigrants, we know what the trauma of immigration is, right? Um mm-hmm being immigrants from Cameroon to Europe initially. So I would say self-care, mental awareness, it's a rebellion, you know. Be rebellious like that. Take care of yourself. Still louder for the people in the back. (laughs) Be rebellious and take care of yourself. Take care of your health, of what you eat, uh, of your mind. The top, observe the thoughts that go through your mind. Try to, um, you know, journal to see the negative self-talk you have with yourself and try to change that. You know, we'll be giving tools in the coming uh, episodes, different tools of how we can start to do this work. Because, yeah, that will be our rebellion to be connected to nature, to be our full selves in a society that defines us in a different way. We will take care of ourselves. We will not wait for other people to take care of us. That's our movement. Yeah. I love that. Do you want me to to close? Yes, please. (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoyed this this first episode, this first attempt. It's like the first series of a pancake. It took us a lot of iteration, work, Mm. intention, fear, Mm. courage, conversations (laughs) uh, to get this. Um, We are looking forward to hear what you thought about this episode. We are looking forward to hear what you would like us to talk about in the coming episodes mm-hmm. and um, we will share with you the show notes go to our website freeyourpeople.net mm-hmm. and uh, in order to see what we talk about the resources we share with you in the meantime make sure to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and free yourself in order to free your people your community and tap into your truest purpose wow that was amazing Katas. <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>